Good evening. Welcome to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. I'm an employment law and business law attorney, and I host this weekly live talk radio show right here on Talk Radio NYC, where I have guests who discuss the various employment and business-related issues that business owners and companies are facing during these trying times. And so in that spirit of having novel guests with interesting topics to discuss. I'm very happy tonight, very pleased to have as our guest, uh, Rob Holman, who is the CEO of a global leadership consultancy, Holman International, also a best-selling author of some leadership books. Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric, total joy and honor to be with you. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Excellent, Rob. Me too. Thank you once again. Yes. All right. Let me just um, introduce uh, our topic for our audience tonight. Um, so we know what we're getting, getting to, and it's a great show, really interesting, I think, and valuable information. And the topic, uh, the title of the show is Move the Needle, Leading from the Inside Out. I'm taking from Rob's latest book, Move the Needle, and from his Inside Out Leadership Style. And so this is right for business owners and employers. The question becomes, have you been putting the cart before the horse when it comes to leadership? Uh, Too often, I think we think of successful leadership as being focused on the end goal, increased sales output, bringing in extra clients, increasing revenue, and brand recognition. And while all these end goals are vital to success, if an employer is focused solely on the end game of outcomes, uh, then they will often fail to build the foundation for employee trust, employee engagement, and for a cohesive and healthy workforce that every employer needs to achieve long-term sustainable results of successful leadership. And it's been found that when an employer lets the goals and measures of success override their investment in their people, the team members perceive themselves as a means to an end or a product to be consumed to achieve some stated objective. And so this can create discord and lack of employee morale. So this week, my guest, Rob Holman, founder of Holman International, uh, will be discussing employee relationships and how we can essentially invest in creating healthy people uh, and not just robust processes. Um, and I'd like to share a little bit about Rob's background for the show, um, I think, with our audience tonight. Uh, Rob is, as I mentioned before, the CEO of a global leadership consultancy uh, firm called Holman International. Uh, he is also a best-selling author of two leadership books called Lead the Way and All In. Uh, Rob is highly anticipated follow-up, Move the Needle, has been endorsed by some of the top leadership experts of our time and been featured in publications like Inc., Forbes, and Fast Company. Rob's dynamic teaching style, authentic engagement, and thought-provoking content has made him a sought-after global keynote speaker. And I think if you listen tonight, you'll see why. So Rob Holman, once again, really a pleasure just to have you here tonight with us. Listen, I, I'm totally honored uh, getting to know you in a free uh, a few Previous conversations, Eric, you and I have a lot in common because we love to serve people and we really want to help. So hopefully we can do a little bit, if not a lot of that today in our conversation. Yes, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. So with that note, why don't we start with just a question. If you can, Rob, tell us a little bit more about yourself, but particularly how did your career initially start out and what prompted you to go out and form Home and International and to write the books you've written? Yeah. I, first of all, I want to say this, Eric. I, you know, I've had the privilege and the honor to start uh, nine different organizations in the last twenty-five years. Now, as people are hearing me say that, they're like, "He's either onto something or he's completely out there." Uh, but it, it really Could be requires- both, right? No. <laughs> That's exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but no. I mean, I say that to say, along the you know the last twenty-five years, I've learned what to do, what not to do. Uh, but I think it all stems back to a very uh, monumental time in my life. So in a very short story, I want to share something with you because I think you and the overall audience will be able to get a finger on the pulse of me a little bit more uh, on what I do today because of it. So picture this. I'm 21 years old, ready to embark in the best year of my life, my senior year of university. Okay, mm-hmm. And I have a tumor in my abdomen that the doctors were not ruling out cancer. The mass was so abnormal and so painful, they actually didn't know what it was, so they couldn't clearly diagnose it. So if they couldn't clearly diagnose it, Eric, they didn't know like what to do about it. Yeah. So 
Six weeks came and went without clear diagnosis. Six weeks as a 21-year-old. So think of it this way. I was a wreck. I was a wreck physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I was not doing well Mm -hmm. until what I'm about to share with you really changed my life, honestly. Mm -hmm. I go into an ultrasound specialist at University of Pennsylvania Hospital, world-renowned hospital. I had not seen this doctor before, although I'd gotten, gotten multiple in six weeks, multiple MRIs, CAT scans, ultrasounds. And again, the doctors were not ruling out cancer, but I see this ultrasound specialist that I had not seen before. Mm -hmm. And he begins to check me out on the ultrasound screen. And you should have seen the look on his face, Eric. It was utter Mm -hmm. amazement. And I was like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. He proceeds to say this, Rob, I don't have adequate words to describe what I'm about to tell you, but I'm going to do the best job I possibly can. I am like, please, please, please. Yeah. He says, you no longer have a tumor or a mass any longer in your abdomen. And I was like, hold on, Eric. I was like, you got to be kidding me. The last six weeks I've had it. Now you're telling me I don't. He then proceeds to check me out a second time and tells me again that there is absolutely nothing. Wow. It was called a modern day miracle. The reason why I bring that up is this Mm. purpose for me, the reason for my existence leading up to that point as a 21 year old young man. was quite frankly, hanging out with my friends and having fun, winning the next basketball game because I was captain of the basketball team that year and four years of college basketball. Mm -hmm. But I started now to ask a whole different set of questions I never asked in my life. And here's what they were. Yeah. Who am I really, apart from at that particular time, six and a half billion people on planet earth. Mm. Second, who's been the sphere of influence that I believe I've been given to serve and to steward really, really well. Mm-hmm. And third, once I'm on point with knowing who they are, how can I best serve them for the rest of my life? Little mm-hmm. did I know now over 25 years later at age 46, I'd be helping leaders all over the world discover or rediscover why they mm-hmm. exist only to see that infused into what they do as a profession. Wow. That's really a compelling story, Rob, is you're um, your experience, it's interesting how people's experiences when they're young can really shape them, especially just a profound sort of life and death type experience where you're forced at a very young age, as you mentioned, you know, to, co- to contemplate your mortality. Um, I'm just very, I'm happy, A, of course, happy for you that the miraculous uh, thing happened when the tumor disappeared, and B, that it led to what I hear is like almost like a spiritual awakening of sorts, just of a, hey, you know, like what's like my bigger purpose, like beyond, like this just you know, being 21 and thinking about the things we usually think about when we're at that age, you know? So that's really, that's a compelling story and a compelling purpose, I guess. It right? really drives you to do what you do today, I imagine. It, it, it really does because there's, I, as I like to tell people is there's like a fire burning within inside of me because I've, here's what I've observed in starting nine different organizations in 25 years, having mm-hmm. this passion that continually burns in me. Mm-hmm. Here's my observation that yeah. so many leaders, so many business owners, they perhaps get into business for the right reasons. Maybe it is a person that uh, a purpose that drives them. Perhaps it's to help and serve people in a particular industry for a particular reason. But then throughout the course of their journey, whether it be one year, three year, five years, mm-hmm. life happens. COVID comes about, whatever the case may be. Sure. And all of a sudden, because we're human beings, our purpose can begin to fizzle and fade away. Mm-hmm. Our passion can begin to dwindle. So for me, I love helping leaders, you know, mm-hmm. rediscover their purpose, rediscover their passionate areas so that now they can give away to others what they themselves have found. Mm. It's, I think it's a great um, energy to take to everything you do, especially that purpose of helping other leaders like, to find their own purpose. It's really, I think, very much a paying it forward. It's really to think about, Rob. Appreciate your, again, you know, sharing all that with us. Um, it makes me think about also like, you know, this work that you were doing, I guess, going through this situation and being young, contemplative, I see it as an inside job, sort of working on yourself, lack of a better term. And it makes me wonder, like, how would you define what I've heard you talk about, which is inside out leadership? How did you define it? And how does it differ from other, say, leadership styles and employers and businesses? Well, I think it's important. You know, there's tons of stats out there clearly for years, not just during COVID times. There there seems to be an alarming engagement gap as it relates to 
you know, walking and living out your purpose and passion day in and day out with what you do and where you spend most of your time. Clearly, you know, a stat that I oftentimes draw from, it's an arguable stat. There's tons of stats that might point in a slightly different direction, but I think most would point to this, that nearly 90% of workers, employees are disengaged from the work that they do consistently, disengaged. Mm -hmm. But what's even more alarming than that, Eric, is nearly 80% are the leaders of of those employees and team members. So in other words, if you were to wrap your arms around, there are a whole lot of disengaged employees, team members, and even leaders. So here's the thing, because so many leaders clearly know there's a problem because they're not being as productive, their teams, their organizations, not nearly as productive as they want, but it's what they're doing to try to solve that problem that isn't that great. So what many leaders do, and you can't blame them for it. I do it. And I don't, I think there's room for what I'm about to share with you, but I think there's also a better way. Yeah. Here's what many people do. Many leaders do. They'll try what I consider outside techniques and strategies to try to get into the mind of the heart or into the mind and into the heart of the worker by motivating them, by hopefully by providing some level of incentives or an incentive plan. Yeah. Um, Even the employee experience that's been coined the employee experience coming in and out of COVID now is extra vacation time, more autonomy and flexibility. Again, all Mm. these things aren't bad. However, yeah. If you look at it, they're more short-lived than we like to admit. They're basically yeah. a little bit more of like the carrot and stick method of yeah. trying to whip people back in shape so it actually helps them produce more. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that's not bad. There's a place for it, but just know that it's going to be more temporary or short-term. Right. So in steps, what I call inside-out leadership, what would it look like mm-hmm. to not first go to the outside things trying to get into the heart and the mind of the worker, why not actually begin mm. in the heart and the mind of the worker to see what inspires them? Right. And before you even do that, we got to find what inspires us as leaders first and foremost, because at the end of the day, we can only give what we got. Right. I think that's a great answer, Rob. I'm really glad a couple of things jumped out at me, if I may. Um, one, this idea that like, it's not an either or. So I heard you clearly say like, nothing wrong with those sort of outside external gifts or, you know, carrot dangling, um, extra vacation days, et cetera. But it may get someone kind of motivated for a bit and sort of psyched up, but it doesn't necessarily create that long-term sort of inner change that you might need to really, you know, have a purpose and want to fulfill it. And I appreciate hearing that. And you had another interesting point there, um, which was about now the leaders often that's you know what inspires them, right? Because if you're leading and you don't know the direction you're going, it's hard to take others on that journey with you. So I think those are really, really good takeaways, you know, from what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I was going to yeah. say, add really briefly, uh, based sure. on what you shared, I love what you're highlighting is people can do things because they ought, they should, or they're paid to do it. Right. But what we're talking about is this inside out leadership is, you're doing it because you're compelled to do so. It's reaching such an inspirational, purpose-driven part of who you are that you're actually compelled to do it. And that's where genuine productivity comes out of that place. Got it. Yeah. Well, we have to take our first commercial break, Bob. I feel compelled to, uh, to say that. No, I'm, t- I'm joking. Like, but seriously, you're listening to um, Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauber, here tonight with our very special guest, Rob Holman. When we come back, we're going to talk about more about inside leadership and also Rob's books, uh, Lead the Way All In and Move the Needle, and how we can attract other healthy people in our leadership circles. So don't go anywhere, stick around. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Saubert, Employment Law and Business Law Attorney. Here tonight with my guest, Rob Holman. Rob is the founder of Holman International, a global consulting firm. And he also uh, wrote these three books that are really gaining traction, Lead the Way, All in and Move the Needle. Um, so, Rob, once again, really great to have you on the show tonight. You got a lot of hey. energy. Yeah. Yeah, my mom even said back in the day, I've always had a lot of energy, Eric, but you're seemingly doing a very good job bringing a lot of it out today. So thank you. You're welcome. I've like been told the same thing like very often. And my wife kind of jokes around this, that we have a two-year-old son who's, you know, like Nathan, like extremely energized when he comes home from daycare. And I'm all pumped up from a great day. I, I share your goal about you know, having a great passion. Um, and uh, it's just really interesting. Like, you know, we're the same like energy level. And uh, so I, I appreciate people of high energy as well. Um, you know, I wanted to ask, like, and about you appreciate, uh, you gave us some appreciative things to think about with inside out leadership, right? How it's like inside job and how we can um, discern our purpose uh, and lead employees to do the same and not just lead with perks and cash and prizes and benefits. I'm wondering, Rob, in your books, I'll talk about those, lead the way, all in and move the needle. I noticed that you reference uh, the concept that healthy leaders like, attract other healthy people and perhaps inspire people to do their best. So my question I'm wondering is, what do you think of when you say healthy leaders? We're talking like emotionally healthy, spiritually, physically. Yeah, I'd say yes, Eric. <laughs> all, the <above. laughs> all the above, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the above. So here's what I mean by that. I think much of our world is fixated on uh, self-help. And I'm not against self-help. You're hearing me say that a lot. Uh, there, there's a place for self-help, but a lot of self-help is, is it starts almost at the place that we're all broken and we need to be fixed. Think mm-hmm. about that. Like, yeah. I just need help to put all these broken pieces back together again. It's almost like the Humpty Dumpty run. Humpty mm-hmm. Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put mm-hmm. Humpty Dumpty back together again. Sadly, Eric, we all feel like that. And here's the thing, people go rushing, reading self-help books, watching videos, doing all this. But here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. If we're trying to put ourselves back together again, it's the repeat customers that keep coming back for more and more and more. So it must not be working. Mm -hmm. So what I like to say is there's a big difference and I'm a big advocate for self-discovery, not as much self-help. And what I mean by healthy leaders uh, healthy people become healthy leaders, healthy leaders become, uh, you know, healthy organizations come out of that place as this, not perfect leaders, not perfect human beings, but one or ones committed to a self-discovery process. And what right. I mean is really committed to a process, starting with, with you, with me as the leader, starting with yourself, mm-hmm. of starting to become more aware of the seeds of greatness, the strengths that we have, the abilities, the gifts that we've been given mm-hmm. to benefit other people within our sphere of influence. And mm-hmm. so really what we're talking about, we're talking a bit about that self-awareness piece, which has everything to do with EQ or what most people call emotional intelligence, sure. that it really starts with that self-awareness. It goes into self-management 
and then becomes social awareness into social management. And I find the most effective, dare I say, inside out leaders operate and function out of that way. They don't let exterior things rattle their world. Right. They have good management of their inner world and that moves itself out in a good positive way. Oh, makes a lot of sense, Robert. It really does. It, it, you know, I'd be thinking about that. Just think how, you know, and it's, you're right. I think that there's um, awareness and discernment of one's purpose, being mindful, right, of one's goals, what are the obstacles, what are the blocks that we construct often on our own, by ourselves. Um, and I heard you say, too, that there's a place for self-help. I know some people might give pushback on the notion that it doesn't, which I didn't hear you say, it doesn't work. You're just saying, like, like it's not the be all and end all that, self-discovery and self-awareness. And what I think I heard you say, too, is not so much coming from the paradigm of thought that like, we're all broken and damaged, need to be fixed, but that we have these inner jewels, inner gems, perhaps, inside us that need to be uncovered and come out. I'm just like yeah. framing yeah. sort of what I heard. Is that yeah. beautifully, beautifully stated? Yeah. For me, you're going to hear me say a lot of terms. It doesn't mean that, you yeah. know, this is the only way, but I have found and many others around the world, many leaders have found right. to be a far more effective way right. because, because what we want as leaders, let's be honest, Eric, all of us want as leaders when we want to be as effective as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. And if we can start with ourselves as the leader, and begin to identify certain good things about who we are, about our gifts, about our abilities, about our strengths, obsess more about those, not in a false, humble, false humility kind of a way, or not an arrogant or prideful way, but really begin to wrap our arms around those things so we can, at the end of the day, better serve people. Hmm. And so, because a lot of times people are like, well, here's the direction I want to head. Like, here's my vision. Who's coming on board? Mm-hmm. Maybe, or perhaps that worked 20, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. But the people that we're leading are far different today. And yes. so it requires a different kind of a leader to really look deep within so they can be more effective on the outside as well. Mm. Yeah. Thought-provoking. If I think our audience tonight, they can probably you know, hear this and, and relate to what you know you think you're saying, Rob. Um, absolutely. Um, and Eric, real quick, could I jump in real quick too? Sorry oh, to, yeah, sure, I, no, no. On, on perspective, you may hear me say certain things like self-discovery outperforms self-help, or you might say, you might hear me say during the course of this conversation or the, the audience might hear me say something like, um, you know, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Yeah. There's a difference between, uh, living a life of expectation but I'm a firm believer is how do we live uh, a life of expectancy? So mm-hmm. it might seem like these terms are interchangeable, but what mm-hmm. I'm trying to really model and reflect is sometimes terms that we use, if, if the right. shift begins to happen in our own perspective, not only with the terms, mm-hmm. but how we actually live them out, mm-hmm. it's going to give us the vibrancy and long-term sustainability as people, as leaders, and as influencers moving forward, without a doubt. So I just want to make light of that a little bit as well. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point, Rob. It's like, and I think that you know, the language that we use in our day to day, in our internal dialogue and with others, I think really can shift. As I hear you saying, shift, you know, our profoundly shift, perhaps our view of ourselves and of the world around us. Um, and you know, I think the terms you're using uh, very much like apply, you know, to the topic at hand. So. Um, I'm glad you made that point, you know, and for what it's worth, I don't take anything you're saying as a, this is the only way I see you saying, this is like the best way that you found through your experience works. So let's listen to what you have to offer. And that's what I take from this as well. Um, and speaking of what you have to offer might be a good segue into my next question, which is what is a good framework for companies like to I'll say move the needle a topic in terms of like recruiting, let's say recruiting and retaining their best employees and talent. Yeah, I think a great starting point is is purpose. You know, the temptation is to just rush right into process or procedures, you know. But what I prove in the book, Move the Needle, is let's let the starting point uh, be a bit more about the purpose. And what I mean by purpose is not just the purpose of why your organization exists. We'll get there. There's no doubt about it. There's importance yeah. behind that and for that, for sure. Yeah. But why do you exist? Not even as the leader of that organization, as a human being that's apart from 8 billion people that currently live on planet earth. And I have found that there's five practical things to help us discover 
or rediscover why we personally exist. Now, again, this is meant so all of a sudden you start to have more purpose and passion in your personal life. And then certainly you're going to take that wherever you go, namely the workplace. Okay. So number one, something, five things to practically consider to discover or rediscover who you are. Number one, what are your personal core values? Okay. These are the things that you stand firm in deep convictions of the heart that I like to call them. They're actually places that you're making decisions out of all day long, but may not fully realize it. Okay. So what would you say your personal core values are? Second, top strengths or top natural talents. Ever since you were a little boy or girl, what are the Mm -hmm. things that came easier to you that there in time became an abundance of fruit that people benefited off of them? It didn't seem like hard work. It actually was pretty seamless when you actually were engaged in these things, not just as a little boy or girl, but how about now? Yeah. Third third area. How about passions, Eric? Passions are huge because passions are the things that literally have us leaping out of bed in the morning in which to accomplish, in which to do, in which to take part in. What would you say your top passion areas in your personal life are today? The fourth area, this is a biggie. Mm -hmm. What would you say your top personal life milestones are? The things that have happened in your life. Mm -hmm. Now, these could be things of extreme difficulty or challenge or tremendous blessing. But when you experience them, they in time began to shape who you are today. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth and final area to at least explore is what would you say the primary gift that you've been, that you've been given in life is that in a sense, if someone were to squeeze you to give you a big bear hug, come oozing out, right? Is it leadership? Is it empathy? Is it, um, is it mercy? Is it happiness? What is it? So when you're no longer here, it's a legacy you leave behind the earth that will have a ripple effect to affect positively future generations. If you explore those five areas personally, that's Mm -hmm. the purpose aspect. The second aspect is then people, how you can better serve people. And then the third aspect in this framework of moving the needle Mm -hmm. is process, is process. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's a lot. It's a great stuff to digest there, but really. So these would be the, I guess, the the basic sort of um, framework, if you will, right? When say you're recruiting talent, would these be like the test that you as a leader would want to uh, to bring to the employee's attention? Say, hey, let's like discover your core values, right? Like your passions, your top strengths. Would that be part of it where you help the employee to uncover that so that they can then yeah. go forth and be of service and, and do the work of the company and of their own service? Absolutely. I think what we're really okay. talking about is here, what would it look like not just to have a professional development track for your team members? but actually have a personal development track. And when you can begin to unveil these five key things, help them, encourage them, spur them on, you now get to know them more as a human being Mm -hmm. than just a working professional. So you get to find out ways that you could personally serve them, encourage them, inspire them as a human being whose heart beats for people and for things, et cetera. But then that can then nicely feed into a nice professional development track to where you can really set them up for greater success working for you or perhaps someone else in the future. Hmm. It's a good point. I think, Rob, you know, I think about it often, like my clients, like my business owners, often the focus like, is on for them is on one certain area as opposed to a more holistic comprehensive approach, which I try to encourage like, my clients like, to do, you know, which is like, what is your, say your purpose here and in this area um, of your life. Like, so I think it's really important. I think that, you know, one thing maybe COVID may have taught us all is that we're more than just like the sum of our professional parts, right? We have a certain, and I think this is, of course, all before COVID too, and an intrinsic just value as just by being human beings, like basic goodness, like as the Buddhists say. Um, So I think it's, I hear like a spiritual, I won't say angle, a spiritual theme to a lot of your leadership style. And I think I wonder if it comes back to, what you shared in the beginning, just that uh, that life-changing, perhaps, like, experience as a young man, forcing you to do some discernment work. That's so it's right. That's a, it's, it's a notable point you bring out. I, I It's so much of that. It does go back to the influence I have, the impact, and even my inside-out leadership philosophy. I will say this, Eric, and I'll keep this brief, is, you know, so many times people may hear a story like mine. That, we, that I shared moments ago, minutes ago, and be like, I, I don't have an extreme story like that. 
However, um, we all face challenges as subtle or as extreme as they could be. They're always opportunities for personal growth and development mm-hmm. to have us discover, rediscover who we are again, so we can be and make the greatest impact on this planet and in our organization that we possibly, possibly can. Sounds like a lot of good news. Think people out there listening tonight, if you're in the audience listening to our show and you think, well, nothing that earth shattering happened to me, I wasn't, you know, um, in a dire physical health situation or, you know, or held hostage in a bank robbery, it's just okay. You could have had maybe your own challenge in a relationship or in a, a, a move or something that it can, it can still, I guess, inspire you and encourage you to do this. Uh, I hear a sort of dedicated hard work, but it sounds like rewarding work that leaders can do for themselves and for their employees and their team. If I'm hearing right. it correctly. Yeah. We um, have our next commercial break, Rob. Um, great timing in terms of your response and where we are. Um, when we come back, we'll talk more about this concept of emphasizing people over process. And we'll talk about some inside-out leadership principles that Rob teaches uh, for lasting influence. So stick around to Employment Law Today uh, on Talk Radio NYC. My guest tonight, Rob Holman. Um, again, we'll be right back with some great, great info. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. As I mentioned, folks, I'm an employment law and business law attorney for companies and business owners. But my guest tonight, Rob Holman, is a global consultancy leadership uh, advisor. He's a speaker. He's an author. And as you can see, folks, like he's a passionate person, which I always greatly appreciate on my show. So, Rob, again, really great to have you with us tonight on the show and sharing all your knowledge and your experience and your, your wisdom here. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, the, the honor's all mine. Do you have another two hours after we're done to continue the conversation? It's <laughs> no, only I did, you know. I wish, I wish it would be definitely interesting to do, but uh, another time for sure, you know, for sure. Um, but I wanted to ask you what I think might be perhaps an exit logical question from what we've discussed. You know, talking about, you know, purpose and service and, and people. So I'm wondering, like, why do you think employers in general I think too often they emphasize uh, process and outcome over people. Why do you suppose that is? Well, we long for sustainability. I think most business owners, we want to make things scalable. We want sustainability. We want to be around for the long haul. Mm -hmm. And that coupled with Eric, that uh, we live in a microwave oven, an Insta crock pot kind of a Mm -hmm. world, not not just the, the Western part of the world, but the world at large. 
as well as just business world, you know, business culture. It's like quick fix. Let's reach the goals yesterday. Let's reach those goals so we can keep moving on and grow this thing bigger, better, stronger, and impact lives for the long haul. Right. The only problem in that is if we're honest, we can step on people on our way to reaching those goals. Mm. And what I'm doing is I'm saying, hold on leaders. People are way too precious, way too meaningful and way too significant to be stepping on them and all over them to reach our end goal. You know, we're only as strong as our team, our team members truly are. Mm -hmm. So it's time to make slow into the new fast. And what I mean by that is let's build slow and in building slow, let's learn how to treat people more as human beings and less as human doings. Right. And in that now there's an invitation to inspire them mm-hmm. and can tell them to compel them to productivity. We never even thought were possible. So I just mm-hmm. want to encourage you with that. Yeah. I heard that line about making slow, uh, the new fast sort of from you. And it, and I think a podcast that I saw you on and it jumped out of me, maybe for obvious reasons. Like I tend to go very quickly. I'm, you know, raised in New York and New York city lawyer, litigator, um, it's a fast paced move. Uh, throw in there, you know, I'm uh, raising a young, small toddler in the mix and, and things just get very hectic. And to slow down, I think, is like, so crucial, Rob. I appreciate, you know, I think a lot of us like, maybe struggle with that. And I like your other point, too, which is that nothing wrong, perhaps, with like, big aspirations, so long as we don't step on people to get there. And it becomes easy to rationalize, right, like, devaluing people by saying, I've got this, you know, I'll change the world. Uh, approach. I think you can, if you watch any kind of true sort of movie or autobiography about certain, you know, leaders that we've always come to know in industry, many, you know, have gotten to be billionaires, but some of those, I dare say, more than some perhaps, you can see in the history, uh, crushing the worker to get their their goals served. And I think you're, what you're saying is the outcome isn't the most important thing. It's the people and the, the way to get there. That's right. And, and uh, two, I think it's really important to note, I'm a momentum guy, Eric. I love goals. I love momentum. I love growth. I love enhancement. I love multiplication. You're talking to a movement person. Right. However, I want to challenge leaders to think about movement differently. What would happen if you learn how to channel movement as opposed to it being horizontal? I want to reach the masses. I want to make get as large of a company as I possibly can. I want to start new and channel that you know, into more of a vertical movement with one person, one team member at a time. So it's less horizontal, but you can channel that movement, that heart, that passion, that zeal into more of a vertical person-to-person relationship. That's really why I'm challenging leaders to. I suppose, for example, a leader might say, focus on each team member and work on developing those five purpose points you mentioned. Maybe they're uh, discerning, helping them to discern, encouraging them to discern, right? Their core values as people, their top strengths and talents, um, you know, their, their, what is their greatest gift and strengths? I imagine that would be part of this vertical. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And I think it's not just starting, you know, it starts with the recruiting. It starts by the questions you're asking people on the front end to see if they're a good fit when you're asking them about their core values, about their strengths, about their passion areas, about, um, how do, do they enjoy serving people? If so, what does that look like? But it doesn't end there. That's yeah. just the beginning point. Then you get the right person on the right seat of the bus heading in the right direction together. Mm-hmm. And this is where the one-to-one meetings come into play. I don't mm-hmm. want to have meetings just to have meetings. I want to yeah. have purposeful meetings. And that's when we can really begin to go deep in that mm-hmm. vertical relationship, human to human, as well as working relationship when we're committed to consistent and intentional one-to-one meetings for sure. Yeah. And you know, what comes to me, Rob, is like the thought that those type of investments, those type of meetings take time and energy and investment and patience, which to go back to your previous point, I heard you say, which I understand uh, to be true with my experience is that people often don't want, you know, kind of the long, it's like, don't give me the long, slow, you know, purposeful, patient, um, hard road, give me the quick, easy fix road. And that's what we think about a lot of our, I think our marketing and advertising, like commercials, Right, based on you've got a problem, we can solve it for you very fast, or you can solve it very quickly and move on to the next, you know, weight loss miracle or 
you know, like gain muscle real fast, drink this protein shake. Um, and I think it's interesting to say, you know, like that like things that are worth having often take time uh, and investment. So we get to hear you, you know, sharing that as an example of like why um, employers should, I guess, emphasize people over process. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 You know, it's, I feel like it like leads into some of those principles you mentioned earlier. We can maybe talk about those more if that's okay with you. Yeah. Um, what, what are some more of these, perhaps, or some of these inside out leadership principles that you teach to companies? Like you mentioned some of them before, but do you yeah. want to elaborate on them or? Well, I, I think one that we haven't touched on, but I, I think people certainly at this point, hopefully are hearing my heart and they're, they're, they're experiencing yeah. the passion in me. Um, a little bit more fuel on the fire, if, if that's even possible, as some would say. But I will add this, Eric. Yeah. We're oftentimes leaders operate by the golden rule. Okay. The golden rule is we want to do to others what we want done ourselves. Yes. Sounds good. Many really good hearted people, really good minded people operate and function out of that place. I love it. I think it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to change the rule book. Mm. Here's what I mean by that. Okay. What would look going from the golden rule into operating and functioning out of the platinum rule? The platinum rule isn't doing to others what you would want done yourself, because that can kind of be selfish. How do we know that mm-hmm. people want things done the same way you want them to be done to you? We mm-hmm. don't know. But mm-hmm. if we actually take time with a one-to-one meetings, getting to know our team members as human beings, which we've stated earlier, Mm-hmm. And get to know what makes them come alive, what makes them tick, what makes them more productive, what inspires right. them. Mm-hmm. We then actually get to serve them in the way they long to be served, mm-hmm. not based on what we project on them, right? but it's customized team member to team member, depending on who they really are and what they ultimately desire. So I think if we learn how to change the rule book going from the golden rule to yes. the platinum rule, we're actually setting ourselves and our team members up for greater success because we're ultimately serving them in a way they want and they need to be served. So that's a huge, huge thing right there. Yeah, I think that's a very seismic, huge shift, Rob, for sure. You know, you're talking about, say, taking a very human, perhaps, trait, albeit sometimes well-intentioned, right, to say, I want to help with somebody else. This is how I want things done and what I appreciate, so they must as well. And as you mentioned, not everyone has the same like, perhaps like, goals or maybe desires or how what they want or how they want things done. So I guess like, finding out what works for people, um, I would say, comes back to what you mentioned earlier, right? Requires like some discernment, um, some, some perhaps humility, right? Um, not presuming that we know like, what, what others like, need or want, but let them tell us and then we listen. And I, I, I say this because... These are the words I've heard. And I think I heard you say them in some uh, in a podcast of yours too about listening, the importance of humility and patience. And I believe it for my clients and for myself as well. You know, I, I tend to get better results like when I listen, when I'm patient. Um, and we all are human. So we all get those, you know, right? Impatient, you know, um, there's a dunk and near me. And the guy, every time he makes my, I'm a very like sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, future of comfort in some things. I like my, Ice coffee one way, my hot coffee another way. And every time I go in, it's uh, because the cold brew light ice, caramel half and half. And every time it takes three times to to make it. And I'm not sure what that's about, but at times I get a little impatient, you know, like what's, but if I'm really just patient with that person and seeing it as maybe he's just really busy or missed something, um, it's a small example, but it does shift my focus. When I walk out of there thinking, can't they get my order right? You know, to, all right, I guess we're all having a, you know, Maybe it's not a morning guy. He's working the 8 a.m. shift. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think it like kind of ties in a little bit in my mind. Uh, yeah, to what you're you're saying. On a, it's like a personal day-to-day versus the big picture. Um, yeah. But isn't life made up of those personal small moments when you think about it as opposed to the grand, you know, picture? Agreed. Agreed. And, and listen, to live this kind of way of life consistently, not perfectly, but consistently, we have right. to have a degree of intentionality, don't we? Because yeah. we're human. Like, to your point, you're impatient. I get frustrated. Time, like we're human. But if we can become aware, and then we can make the appropriate changes within, as mm-hmm. a natural by byproduct, the changes are going to be made on the outside. And yeah. so, it, everything goes back to starting within, inside out leadership. Now, I will say this, Eric, too, is it's going to require some things of us as leaders. Mm-hmm. It's going to require 
It's going to require some deeper digging in ourselves to find the seeds of greatness. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to require some sacrifices to be made with our team members to spend arguably a little bit more time getting mm-hmm. to know what makes them come alive, what makes them tick. Yeah, uh, I know we didn't sign up to be full fledged therapists and counselors. However, we did sign up to lead and lead effectively. And if we're going to do that, it starts from within. A good note for employers and business owners to, in the audience tonight listening to contemplate uh, during our commercial break. So we're on our, uh, taking a commercial break now. Um, I'll just say once again, I'm your host, Eric Sauber of Employment Law Today here on Talk Radio NYC with our guest tonight, my guest, Rob Holman of Holman International. Stick around. We'll be right back. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Employment Law Today. I'm your host, Eric Sauver. I'm an employment law business law attorney, and I'm here tonight with our guest, my guest tonight, Rob Holman of Holman International. Rob is a global consultant, a leadership consultant specialist, author, speaker, uh, author of Move Needle, a new book out uh, that you can get today. And so, uh, Rob, it's been, you're still on the show, of course, but it's been great so far having you on the show, all this great <laughs> conversation. Um, which is still going, but it's been great having you so far. I have to say, just you know, your, your insights about what leadership style work and the principles behind them, not just different facts and figures about sales numbers and quotas, which again are important, as you mentioned, specific, but like, what are the driving details, the goals, the purpose, the value? Um, so I think it's really great. I'm looking forward to maybe uh, another question, or maybe if you can perhaps share maybe a personal an antidote, how you might have worked with a like a client or a company using your methods to lift them up into a new a new place. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, thank you. This has been an amazing conversation, Eric. Love your heart, love the conversation. So thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, working with a client for a number of years, uh, one thing that they have adopted over the years is they hear me talk all the time about having an attitude of gratitude. Now, in business, in life, it's important. In business, it's important because here's what happens. Let's say we have meetings and challenges that we're facing and problems that need to be solved. The temptation is in any given meeting, whether it's a one-to-one or an entire group meeting or an entire organizational meeting, is to obsess about the problems. You know, that's the starting point of many of our conversations and then everything. That's not bad. I mean, it's it's okay. We need to figure out what the problems are and then the best solution for them. No (laughs) doubt about it. But what I encourage this one particular client, which quite frankly, between you, me, and the rest of the world, I encourage every client and every human being and every business leader to do this, regardless of their industry, Mm -hmm. is what would it look like if you start every meeting, regardless of the purpose of the meeting, 
mm-hmm. with a time of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And be as specific as you can with the things, the people that you're grateful for most. Yeah. And talking about setting the tone. Well, this one particular organization adopted this so much that even during COVID times, that they started a virtual wall of gratitude. And that one one of the executive team members would contact the other eight or so core team members via email and would send an email chain out early in the day saying, what are the specific things that you are most grateful for? Whether that be three, five things, whatever. Compile lists, not just in that moment, but throughout the course of the day as he was getting in and hearing from people. And then he would summarize at the end of the day, what each team member is grateful for very specifically. And they did this, I mean, for months. And all of a sudden, levies break down in their culture, in their organizational culture. Mm -hmm. And they became such an organization filled with gratitude. It went from something that they did into who they were and who they've become. So I want to encourage people listening. If that's you, if something resonates there, a lot of moving the needle, a lot of these inside out leadership principles, it's about having a heart of gratitude. Now I understand life happens, curveballs are thrown at us without a doubt, but what would begin to happen if we are committed to, and we're consistent with each and every single day, having a time of gratitude, all of a sudden, how we're going to address the difficult problems, the challenges we face is going to be out of a completely different place. I find that the the most brilliant ideas, the most creative solutions, Mm -hmm. they do come out of a place of gratitude. I think that's an excellent point, Rob. And I've heard this from more than one person in the source, uh, people I've interviewed, friends, family, clients, people just in general in life, that that attitude of gratitude, as you mentioned, so so pivotal. It, It gives a healthy perspective on our problems, right? Because one or two problems that don't become like, the end of the world or our entire universe. Like, it becomes like sort of a almost eclipsed in a positive way by all the good around us, gives us perspective. I love that story about like, a company doing that, especially during COVID, because, you know, part of, I think the show tonight and the show every night, frankly, every week is that like, we're in unusual trying times now with COVID. And it's difficult, I think, like, for leaders you know, to connect with themselves like, and with each other and for people to stay connected and to stay grateful. Which I think, you know, what I hear you saying is gratitude. And it's not so much, in my opinion, about uh, sort of papering over uh, bad stuff. Bad stuff happens. We need to, as I think, you know, own it, acknowledge it, uh, grieve it, what have you. But like to have that like, gratitude like, in the picture, I think, is like so important. So I think that's an excellent, excellent point, Rob. Yeah, I think it's, and a company did this and they actually actually saw the changes you said. Oh my goodness. The the fruit, the positive fruit that started to come from not just each and every single team member, but collectively as a team, it was like life, Eric, was just infused into the team. They started to think different. Their behavior started to change and all of a sudden their productivity skyrocketed. And so I just encourage, regardless of where you find yourself today as a leader, as an organization, perhaps you're struggling that- Mm -hmm. Don't just try on gratitude on for size to see if it fits. It fits every size imaginable. Just have at it and uh, and you'll be thrilled that you do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's a really good point for audience tonight. If you're listening to this uh, this broadcast, surely you can try a gratitude list or just focusing on that at some time of the day. Absolutely. Um, I also wondered, I know if I asked this before, just think about, um, your other, some of your other books, you know, all in and lead the way. Um, are there any additional points, maybe a couple in there briefly that you wanted to share with us that maybe we haven't touched upon so far? Well, I, I think an overarching theme in each and all of my books that really speaks to the inside out leadership philosophy that, that you've experienced and hopefully your viewers and audiences have experienced as well tonight yep. is this. It has to do with presence, like being really present with the one team member, the one person that that's in front of you right now. Okay. And this was never highlighted so or etched in my heart so deeply, so significantly than right now, or I should say a few months back, my grandmother, my only living grandparent, this is uh, months ago, Uh was uh, climbing or knocking on the door of her 102nd birthday, Eric, 102. She was literally knocking on the door of her 102nd birthday. 
Uh-huh. I visited her during COVID times. So right. I got all my gear. I got you know, the mask, the gown, everything. I oh, visited. I imagine, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, amazing, amazing time. Here's the thing. She was yeah. not doing well. So people said I should probably visit her around this time. Mm-hmm. Well, my visit with her was approximately, I don't know, about 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But what was even more important in the midst of that overall visit, she was only... She was only present with me for about 20 minutes of that overall time because she was in and out of sleep. Right. And I remember this one specific exchange I had with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And this exchange went like this, Eric. I looked into her eyes Mm -hmm. and we called her, I called her Gammy. You know, we all have our grandmother names, grandma. I called her Gammy. I said, Gammy, Mm -hmm. you are so beautiful. And as I looked into her eyes, Mm-hmm. This soon-to-be 102-year-old woman, it's almost as though we are so locked in our eye contact, our, you know, that she turned into like a five-year-old little girl with her excitement based on that statement. Wow. Now, what you might need to know is this. My grandmother, her memory had been lost a lot of the time. I didn't know after I'd said that statement, and that, and that was, it almost seemed like it was suspended in midair for like minutes, although it was yeah. just seconds. Mm-hmm. I didn't know after I said it and after that lock, locked in moment with her, I didn't know if she'd ever remember it again. Wow. And I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. Well, she died shortly after. And mm-hmm. what I want to encourage everyone that's listening to is this. Yeah. Be present mm-hmm. with the one person in front of you. Yeah. Not in some weird way, but in a human to human way. Be present. Seek first to listen, to understand. Mm -hmm. Seek first to serve, to be a cheerleader, to be their greatest encourager. Right. And when you do that, it will move the needle and you will begin leading from the inside out and having an influence that you can never ask, imagine, or even think. So I just want to share that with you. Thank you. Yes. Um, We're just uh, a little over out of time, but I'll just say that I'm going to add your contact information in the uh, post about this, in the video chat, since we're a little over time tonight, but it's worth hearing that story. Folks, you heard Rob Holman, Holman International's book, Move the Needle. I'm Eric Sauber. Tune in Tuesday nights, 5 p.m. to Employment Law Today. Thank you, Rob, so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank Thank you you. so much, Eric. Really, really enjoyed it. Appreciate you. Yep. Take care. ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 